And thanks for all of you who are joining us online. I'm Ricky Ayala, the pastor of, uh, senior pastor of this church, and I welcome all of you, again, if you're here for the first time. Uh, we are currently in our sermon series that is titled Kazone, and uh, it's based out of the uh, Proverbs 29, uh, verse 18, where it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Divine guidance in the Hebrew of the Old Testament is the word kazone. It can also be translated as dream, revelation, or vision. This week, our life groups are learning uh, that to discover your own kazone, you must look at the overlap of the past experiences, the core values, as well as the spiritual gifts and abilities. As we learned two weeks ago, after years of trials and tribulations and setbacks, Joseph realized that his kazone was based out of that Genesis 20, uh, excuse me, 50, verse 20, where it says, to save the lives of many people. But how did Joseph come to this realization? Let's begin with his past experiences. At the age of 17, the Bible tells us that he was having these visions that he would uh, have his families bow down. And you probably remember that, that message that I said about a few weeks ago. And it began there, but then his brothers hated him. And they uh, plotted to kill him. And, but instead of killing him, they ended up selling him into slavery. Now, when Joseph first arrived in Egypt as a slave, there was no way that he could have known that someday he would be in the position to save many lives. Now, he certainly would not have had the opportunity in his native land, in a small country where his family were outsiders, and he was the second youngest of 12 sons, a father with no worldly power or influence. He could not understand the importance of his being sold into Egypt until years later when he was in a position to see how his past molded his future. How God would turn Joseph's past experiences, whether good or bad, into opportunity. How would Joseph's gifts and abilities contribute to his kazone? Now, Potiphar noticed something special in his slave. He proceeded to give Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything. And I'm going to skip around in some scripture reference if, you, if you're taking notes. Uh, Genesis 39 verse 6 says, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Can you say everything? With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. I don't know about you, if whether you're a, 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 a supervisor, an owner, or, or even in your household, when you know you can put the responsibility of, uh, to one individual and you don't have to worry about it. Oh, the, the stress that you don't have to carry because you know someone will do the job that you're asking them to do. Now, later in the story, when Joseph is in prison, the warden also noticed something special in Joseph and put him in charge of everything in the prison. And after that, the warden also did not have to worry about anything. God clearly had given Joseph the administrative gift. I'm going to turn to the Bible in Genesis chapter 39, I'll be reading verses 21 to 23. 
And I'm reading from the NLT version, so your Bible, if you bring your Bible, your device, it may be a different translation. But the Bible says here, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden also had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You can still see me, right? Amen? Okay. <laughs> I was like, Woo, and there shall be light. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So Joseph had other gifts that would be useful in discovering his cousin. While in jail, Joseph correctly interpreted the dreams of two other prisoners. One of them happened to be Joseph's, uh, excuse me, Pharaoh's cupbearer, the chief cupbearer, who at the time was in trouble with Pharaoh. Now, three days after helping him, the, cup, the chief uh, uh, cupbearer returned to Pharaoh's court. Here we see that God gave Joseph a gift for interpreting dreams. But I want you to notice something that we didn't hear anything about Joseph having this gift when he was younger. God gave it to him while he was in prison. Joseph did have a vision when he was 17 years old, as I was mentioning before. He had that vision of having others bow down before him. You know, as a 17-year-old person, that's why his brothers didn't like the way that he was even telling them. It's like, oh, are, you, are we supposed to be bowing down to you? Again, that, that message is, I believe, is on chapter 37 of Genesis. But you know what? I don't think that Joseph knew what he really needed to go through in order to get to where God wanted him. We may have our dreams. We may be ready, but it's quite not ready for God's timing. Then what do we do? What we don't do, ladies and gentlemen, is give up. Don't give up on your core values. I believe everything falls right in place when it is God's timing because God's timing is not only the right time, it is the perfect time. You know, one of the things that I believe that everything falls in line and, and in God's timing, just as, as most of you are watching online and even through several months when we were dealing with COVID, the online presence, I believe that it was the great God's timing that our church received the equipment that it needed to be live. We went live on December 1st, I believe it was 2019, through the Advent series. And then a couple months later, March, you know, a year ago, we had to, we didn't, we weren't preparing for that. But you know what, because of that time frame that we were able to do the live streaming while we were still in person having the four services, it allowed us to be ready when COVID hit that we needed to do everything online. Surely we didn't have everything in place, but we needed to come together and at least know that the blessing that we had in the equipment of live streaming was available. 
So if you could, I know that they didn't ask for it. If you can, uh, for those of you who are online, do the little uh, thumbs up or love for those, the tech team volunteers and our staff under Eric Swinehart. And for those of you here, if you can just give them a, a, a round of thank you. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the vision, you know, that uh, just like Joseph was mentioning, I want to talk about me a little bit here. Years ago, when I was uh, uh, younger, the, I remember the pastors as they were preaching, and you already know that I was not planning ever to be a pastor. It wasn't in my first or middle or the ending of my to-do list in life, but God got a hold of me. And you know, when God gets a hold of you, ladies and gentlemen, there's no other way that you need to go. Amen. And so, so while doing so, but even while I was going through the process, not even knowing of going, having that call or, the, or that passion to be in ministry, I remember like having these, these uh, I would say dreams, a vision of being in a location that we are able to spread the word of God out to other people. And here, as the, I didn't know where God was going to be leading me. I came from a small town of Puerto Rico and then ended up in New York and New Jersey and then Reading, Pennsylvania, Lebanon. I went to the military. I was like a nomad. I was everywhere. But I utilized those experiences. Okay, God, here's all my experiences. Help me and I'll be able to, you know, do what you ask of me. Here I am, Lord. So I remember the timing of those moments in my life when I had that vision. And here I am, ladies and gentlemen, as, as a, in a church of New Hanover. See, when I was serving in Conshohocken, I was still feeling that, that passion to reach out to others. We were thinking about playing, uh, having that location called the hub because all every, seemed like every major role, like 23, 76, uh, 476, two, everything was just like right there. And we were growing and, and then I said, okay, God, here it is. And then, as you already know, 2017 hits, and, and I get reappointed to New Hanover. But here's the part is that God's vision that I still had in me, he, that he had placed in my, my life, is still happening because even as we stand here, we are reaching out to many people beyond our walls. And for those of you who are online, if you're able to, write down as for what even state you are, you're worshiping from. Or what country? I mean, I've heard that even from Colombia, Guatemala, Africa, and Germany, they're watching this service from time to time. Praise God. So we don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if God has placed something in your heart, when that is really going to take place. But you just keep on doing something, whatever God is putting in your heart. You can do something. If nothing else, continue to worship if nothing else, continue to seek God. If nothing else, continue to meet with your life groups. If nothing else, continue to feed yourself spiritually by prayers, devotions, reading scripture, to name a few. If nothing else, continue to do good. If nothing else, continue to testify to others that God, what God has done in your life. And if nothing else, continue to look for opportunities to serve others. Jesus said uh, that there's always going to be those who are poor among us to care for our widows and our children and our orphans. 
always use your gifts, your talents, and abilities to bring honor and glory to God. Now, God gave Joseph the gift of interpreting the dreams while he was in prison. See, God's time is special. Before the cupbearer left, Joseph asked that he remember him to Pharaoh and have Pharaoh release him from his unjust imprisonment. But we'll see, you'll see that in chapter 38, verse 28, says that the, the, the chief cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. Just when you think things are going to turn around for the better in your life. I believe that Joseph, after he interpreted those dreams, he wanted to make sure that the chief cupbearer says, don't forget me, remember me, and bring it over to the Pharaoh. How long did it take? In chapter 41, verse 1, it says, sometime later, some translations put it two years later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. And this is what was happening there. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them in the prison where Joseph was. In the palace of the captain of the guard, they remained in prison for quite some time. And the captain of the guard had assigned Joseph who looked after them. And then that's when Joseph was able to interpret the dreams of this cheap cupbearer as well as the, uh, uh, the baker. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they were both looked upset. And why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. So that's the part is that no one was able to interpret their dreams. God's timing. And then the cupbearer remembered. Because of what took place, the cupbearer remembered Joseph and he was brought to Pharaoh to see if he could help. Because then Pharaoh had these dreams. Pharaoh had a dream that one moment, one day when he was sleeping, that he saw like seven healthy fat cows grazing. And then he saw uh, seven others that were thin and scrawny. And at one point, those thin and scrawny cows ate those that were healthy and, uh, and fat. And then he woke up from his dream and he went back to sleep. And then he had another dream. And so when he woke up, he realized, you know, I got to get everyone else uh, come together like all the magicians and all the wise people to come and share what's happening. And they could not. And here's the thing, God's timing, that is when the cupbearer remembered Joseph. Joseph was brought before the Pharaoh. And this is what took place. God's timing. The cupbearer remembered Joseph. Where everyone else failed, Joseph succeeded. He correctly interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and eliminated his anxiety. By doing what no one else could, Joseph gained Pharaoh's trust and support. Now through all the difficulties, Joseph maintained a strong faith in God. And he had the integrity to do what God had expected of him. Even when his core values were tested. Last week, 
Pastor Gill was mentioning the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife and how he, she tried to seduce him and he told her in verse chapter 39, it says, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Get this, ladies and gentlemen, it was his refusal to compromise his core values that landed him in prison and into the life of Pharaoh's cupbearer. When he interpreted the cupbearer's dream, he explained interpreting dreams is God's business. Later, when Pharaoh asked him to interpret his dream, Joseph responded that it was beyond his power to do it. He said, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Ladies and gentlemen, why do I bring this up? Because Joseph never took credit for his gift of interpreting dreams. Sometimes we want to take credit for the gifts that we have. Sure, we may have the passion for the things that we do, but let us not forget that it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which, e which gift each person should have. And therefore, let's take a lesson from Joseph and give credit to where credit is due to our God, our Creator. Well, Joseph used his gifts and listened to Pharaoh and explained the meaning of the dream. He told Pharaoh that there will be seven years of feast followed by seven years of famine. Pharaoh must uh, use the years of feast to prepare for the years of famine. In chapter 41, verse 25, it says, God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. When Joseph finished, Pharaoh said in verse 38, it says, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Pharaoh then announced that Joseph would become a second in the kingdom only to him. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, will be in charge of everything. He would be responsible for doing whatever was necessary in the years, seven years of feast to prepare for the seven years of famine. If he could accomplish this, he would save many lives. Joseph's past, his spiritual gifts, and core values had all come together to prepare him to meet God's purpose for his life. You know, when we think about the purpose in our lives, we sometimes struggle, and that's why I think it's important for us to continue to seek the, the, the vision that we have or what the purpose that God has for our lives, but not give up just because you haven't quote-unquote found it yet. Continue to seek God. One of the things that I remember of, of from between Joseph and Jesus about saving many lives, how Jesus went and knew his cousin, he knew his purpose, that he ended up on the cross, even in the midst of his ups and downs of the, the trials and tribulations, the things that he was able to heal the people, but then there were times of celebration, but there were times that people tried to kill him at one, and throughout his ministry, and obviously at the end, that's when he was crucified on the cross. 
But because of crucifixion on, on the cross, he saved you and he saved me. He knew his purpose. And when we find our purpose, ladies and gentlemen, we can give honor and glory to God in all that we do. Because he has shed his blood for us that we can be forgiven for our sins. I want us to be able to prepare our hearts and minds as we prepare for communion. To know that all that God has done for us, all that he did that we can utilize him as the great example in us that we too can be Christ-like. The same way that Joseph was able to save many back in his time, how Jesus died for all. On the night before he gave himself up, he was having a meal with his disciples. He took bread, he gave thanks, he then broke it. He told them, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He then took the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, drink from it all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so here today, we are doing this in remembering what Christ has done for us. His blood that was shed, his body broken for us. So before we take communion, let's just pause for a word of prayer. God, we're so thankful. We're thankful all that you have done for us. Even while we continue to seek and search our own purpose, God, let it be that purpose that leads to give you honor and glory. God, we come before your presence at this very moment, here in person and for those who are joining online, remembering the sacrifice that your Son, our Lord and Savior, did for us. So we come to you with repentant hearts. And God, we just pause for a moment and and say how sorry we are for the things that we have done that have fallen short of your glory, for the wrong that we have done to others. And we're asking for forgiveness, asking for strength, for courage. We're so thankful for another day of life that allows us to live and correct the wrongs that we have done. But we can't do it alone, God. We need the guidance of the precious Holy Spirit in our lives. As we come together to receive communion today, we're thankful for the Holy Spirit that unites us. We're thankful that one of the things that the Holy Spirit is to do is to allow us to remember the things that you have done. We remember the prayer you showed your disciples and we continue with that tradition today. And he said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, amen. For those of you who are here in person, if you were able to receive the disposable uh, uh, cups, on top of it there's a sleeve that you can peel back. There's a little wafer. And for those of you who are online, if you receive your, uh, the element that represents the body, go ahead, take and eat. Be careful opening up the second sleeve on your cup. And for those of you who are online, and for those of you here, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen and amen. We're so thankful for, for you being here today, worshiping, receiving God's message, and the way that we're able to learn from Joseph. So this week, if you could, you know, if you haven't done so already, make sure you take time of our timeline to look at your past experiences. Think about your core values as well as your spiritual gifts. Because what happened with Joseph is that after he found all those things out, he was able to then put it into action. So I pray that you're able to join us next week as we bring the message of what Joseph had to do to put his kazone into action so that way it led him into saving many lives. May God bless all of you. At this very moment, I'm going to ask you to please stand as we close out with, a, with this last song of today's service.